the job is incredibly agile. You can be anywhere. Yeah. So there is no real normal day. That's what I love about it. That sounds it. fun. It's really fun. I would say work hard, find a real USP. So something that no one else is doing and really believe it and live it. You're listening to Mr. Winter. Hello and welcome to People Do Fun Jobs. This is the podcast which is all about finding inspiring people doing fun things and hearing how they do what they do. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. You can also listen to it and download it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So this is episode three and I'm joined by two lovely women here. These ladies are sisters, but they're also very good friends of mine. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Rosie Proudfoot and Jenny Proudfoot to the podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Girls, if you want to introduce yourselves and what it is you do, that's probably the best way to kick things off. I'm Rosie and I run a design company called Proud Couture. And I'm Jenny. I'm the digital features editor at Marie Claire. Wow. There we go. Successful sisters straight off the bat. Uh, right. I think, Jenny, let's start with you. Okay. So you're at Marie Claire. You're the younger of the two sisters. I'm the younger of the two mm-hmm. sisters by three and a half years. Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half years. Now, a lot of this information I know already because I'm biased. I'm friends with these two. But <laughs> I thought it would be really good to get you guys on because actually what you do separately mm-hmm. is really impressive stuff. And you've both wor- been working very hard for a long time. Thanks, and quite, quite different, but complementary to each other. Yeah. Which is cool. I think so. Yes. And uh, also lovely matching outfits, all three of us. I know. Thank we you. got the memo. <laughs> I didn't I didn't do the gold neck the necklace. You both have done a, a coin necklace. Yes. Well, you've got to accessorise, my dear. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jenny, tell me about Marie Claire. What is it and, and who's it aimed at? So, Marie Claire is an online magazine. It started in the UK 31 years ago. We used to be a print magazine. We're now digital first. It is an online platform for everyone, really, predominantly women and girls, but 25% of our readership are men. And we're sort of a platform to empower, to educate, to entertain, to inform. Yeah, we cover news, features, beauty, fashion. It's the dream job for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing a very devil wears Prada kind of setup. What what does the office actually look like? What does it feel like? I expected it to be a devil wears Prada setup, and that is why, weirdly, I wanted to get into magazines. I watched. I'm not sure if you've seen it, the September issue. Yeah, it's a Vogue documentary about Anna Winter, really, in the September issue. And most people came away from it thinking. I could never work there. And I came away from it thinking, I have to work in that environment. That is excellent. But actually, I think magazines get such bad press. It is... Oh, ironic. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It is... um, It's really friendly. It's really supportive. It's a lovely environment. The office is a bit Devil Wears Prada in the sense that it's there's racks of clothes everywhere. There's post guys coming in and out with bouquets of flowers and shoes and makeup and all sorts of gorgeous things and everyone dresses really well there's a bit of pressure on what mm, you wear to yeah work. that does sound like a lot of pressure i know but it's 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 a lovely place to work mm. well as long as you've got that black top and the the gold coin you're okay it's true. so is it as cutthroat as that film paints it out to be though does, no. it, does it does it is it as mean it's nowhere near as mean yeah i i did many internships across lots of different publications and when i worked well now that i work in marie claire it's it's not mean in the slightest no, everyone's lovely i think i've probably become a bit more cutthroat with regards to how i see news or i don't know i approach, approach things differently things, yeah, yeah. 
But I didn't think that the September issue documentary also was something... I mean, I was very inspired by it through my for my own mm. work. And I think you either get that or you don't. So I don't see it as intimidating because... I think if you work hard and you can hold your own creatively, you won't be made to feel rubbish by that documentary. Do you know what I mean by that? But also yeah. genuinely, like, all the people I've worked with have been absolutely lovely. And, you know, every, every, people are busy. And everyone I've met through Marie Claire has also been absolutely lovely, so I can vouch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I almost hope, I want to work in newspapers one day, and I almost hope that I do work somewhere that's quite cutthroat and that glamorous and crazy, because I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, well, it seems that way. Rosie. Yes. What is Proud Couture? Well, Proud Couture is a brand I created about seven and a half half years ago. So I'm a fashion illustrator, and all all my designs are kind of glamorous women. Some are monochrome, a decision, you know, some really fit that thing. And then some are very colourful. It's combining kind of modern fashion with on-trend humour. And I've created this character, the the proud girl. So the company's proud couture. We are we are proud foot. So it's a take from the surname. Yes. Well, the the proud girl is the star of the show. Yes. Yes, she is. Where did she come from? Well, I mean, she's actually me, and she's Jenny, and she's she's. I mean, I know you really well. You're a you're a proud boy. She's <laughs> I did think you were going to give me the 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 crown of proud girl as well. Then. <laughs> you are a proud girl. <laughs> but um, I you know when you watch a lot of um Sex and the City and Ab Fab and all of these glam programs where you're kind of um feel you know they're, they're they're funny and they're naughty women and they drink too much and they're hungover and they're wearing their sunglasses and they're drinking coffee in the morning and they're going to work and they're being funny and tongue in cheek i just wanted to when i looked at fashion illustration on the market there was nothing really that fit our age bracket or 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 was fashion illustration is often funny and i wanted to make it funny plus jenny and i we think we're funny <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're always saying things and I'm just always like, oh, my God. And I love my comedy as well. So I really wanted to incorporate um, things we've said. You know, one of my cards says... You note them down, don't you? What yeah, one of my cards is two girls walking into a party and they're saying, we were told there would be Prosecco. And Jenny and I have actually said that yeah. at a party before. <laughs> they had cocktails. Um, no, wine. We, we weren't there for Handed wine. a cheap yeah. bottle of vino. <laughs> Not okay. That's what your brand in a nutshell is, is, is fashion meets comedy. Yes. Glam, tongue in cheek. I say tongue in cheek. Yes. Tongue and cheek. Tongue and cheek. Tongue and cheek. Tongue, tongue, tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Oh, very good. Very vogue. It doesn't get it. I don't know if I. I don't know if I should. So, where can you find your cards? Where, where do, where are you known? I know, I know this because I've seen them in the flesh, of course. But uh, for everyone who doesn't know where Proud Couture exists, I mean, they're in lots of boutiques up and down the country. We're in about eight, ten countries. Probably most notably Harrods and Selfridges, if I'm showing off. Uh, Fennec, which is cool. It's yeah, very they're, they're, cool. they're my big names to pull out. Yeah. They are. Do you want to pick those names back up, love? Sorry, it's time to pull them out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is the time to pull them out. It's, and it's, it's very impressive. And actually, I went, you. just before Christmas, I went, I uh, took my, my lovely mother, who you know. Very well. Well, I took her to Harrods on a little Mother Sunday and we saw the cards there. And it was, I sort of had to brag that my friend's cards were in Harrods. And it's, um, it looks great and lends itself to the business. But actually, you're in so many more. Yeah. You, what is it, like over 300? retailers yeah there's a crazy. lot there's, I mean well I mean you're not always in them all at the same time because the way that retail works is that they they tend to drop you know they, t- they, they tend to say we'll have you for a little bit here a little bit there and you know they might even stop you for a couple of years but I've got you know 300 plus stockists on our books 
which is really exciting and it is there's there is never a it never feels never feels anything other than wonderful when you see your, your cards in a shop. One of my mum's friends was on holiday in Switzerland and she sent pictures from a from a shop there. That was pretty cool. That's really cool. And it does feel like wow. Because when, when you first start off, you just think of yourself, these are, these are tiny little things to dream of. And when they become the norm, you do have to pinch yourself that that isn't an unusual occurrence for people to send me stuff. Well, we always remind each other of that, don't we? Yeah. We're like, do you remember when we were literally in the garden dreaming about this? Like four years ago like five years ago like as if that would happen yeah just kind of like talking <laughs> late night what would happen if yeah but well that that must be a really rewarding uh, thing to actually see people's actual reactions because you've got a live and very honest stream of of feedback from people so you people are tagging you and they're um sharing with other people their their new prints on their walls or their new cards that they've one, received one of my favorite things is literally when i'm at a show or a in a shop and I'm kind of, you know, looking looking at people look at my cards because they're funny and because they they're relatable. So there's there's one of my quotes is I would love to help you but my nails aren't dry or um <laughs> or you don't have to like me just like my Instagram or all of these funny things that people look at and they're like oh, that is Sarah or that's you know whoever it is it's just they they can see they can see themselves or their friends or their family members in it and that's where it's that's that's where it works so how does the how does your design and I actually don't know this how does the design process work for you do you do you come up with the concept and the pun first so when when I first started actually Jenny who has been very important throughout all of the design processes and still is I I did a whole lot of designs to start with Mm -hmm. and then we were we were going to we were trying to work out how quotes would go on them and we weren't quite quite catching what, what was going to work. And finally, we just worked out that they should be funny quotes per, per one. So those, that kind of, those kind of came together. But now I know what my customer is. I do 12 designs per collection. I tend to get the quotes first and then I design to quote. You've got a board, don't I've you? I've got a board and I've got a book the whole time that I'm going through writing down everything funny. But then I also have. Uh, but when do that? Where do those lines come from? It might be. It might be right now. We might. You might say something about prosecco or gin or. And were you were you physically write a note down? Yeah, hundred percent. But also, people Always. come up to Rosie the whole time mm. and say, "I've got a quote for you." The other day, <laughs> this was happening. And oh, let God. me tell you, put this on a card. Like every time. I imagine one in ten, one in ten, are actually worth listening to. Exactly. Yeah, but, no, that's that. Yeah. But people just there's there's inspiration everywhere, and Rosie just puts them all down and and has them all ready. I don't put them all down. <laughs> Some of them make Some the cut. Some of them don't don't even go anywhere near the book. But but you see now I also have a formula, so I know what my customer likes. For example, the ones about hair do really well. I've got a very best-selling design, which is my hair demands that we get a taxi. And I've done one in the latest collection, which is how can I control my life if I can't control my hair? Like, people about hair, I understand that. You understand that from people with thick hair. We understand how, you know, and the nails. In fact, the nails quote I just said, I'd love to help you, but my nails aren't dry, came from Rachel in Friends. We were watching Friends Mm -hmm. one night. And she walked past and Ross tried to get to do some washing up. And she was like, sorry, I can't because, you know done my nails and I was like oh that is so clever bam bam in Harrods but straight that's away. the thing you see it in Harrods and you think as if it came from that yeah, <laughs> so anyway yes yeah, so, I mean but then I designed now I now I'm 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 much slicker actually I know I know what I'm doing now so Jenny uh, what is your role again at Marie Claire I am digital features editor 
that sounds like a very important job, Jennifer. It is, it is. How did it all start? Did you tell me about where where that began? Did you did you study at uni? Did you do internships? What well, happened? So I didn't study it at uni. I studied French with international development. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. And when I was on my year abroad, I was living in France for a year in my third year of uni. Suddenly, I don't know where it came from, probably was the September issue, um, that I just knew magazines were the way for me. And everyone around me was like, yeah, I can't imagine you in anything else. That is you to a T. And so I thought, okay, how am I going to get into magazines? Didn't know anyone in magazines. And I thought what a lot of people, I think, feel, it's impossible to get into. Everyone wants to do it. It's not possible. I just won't try. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start a student magazine. So I looked into student magazines. I came up with a name that I wanted for my campus and I found there was already... Do you remember? Do you remember the name? Yep. It was called Her Campus. And it turned out there was already a magazine called Her Campus, which was an online magazine uh, in America. And they had chapters at universities all across across the world, really. So I contacted them and I said, I want to start one at my university so that I'd have work experience to get internships from. So that, that was like a franchise, franchise like a kind franchise. of thing. So you're already thinking about a female audience. That's I'm already, already what you're interested in. Female online audience, but I, to be honest, at that point, was just thinking of anything to go to magazines with to get internships for. I started that magazine. I mean, I was the only person on the team. I sort of pretended I had a team of twelve, but I was like working through the night trying to get it done myself. And then I applied for internships every month, and I, I think I sent out about a hundred applications every month. I looked up every single person, every single magazine, to the point where people would reply to me saying, you can't send emails to everyone because we all sit together and it's obvious. Have you heard, has, has this girl Jenny got in touch with you yeah, as well? But people were sweet. And, and like, again, I mean, immediately people were emailing me back saying, hey, if you tweak this in your personal statement, it will look a bit better. Or why don't you do this? And I would say for every 100 CVs I sent, I would get one response. And... Now, being in the position where I hire interns, I see why, because you're just so busy. Um, But slowly, I stacked up the internships, and I got 10 or 11 back-to-back. Left uni a couple of weeks early, didn't I? Straight after my exam, I left. I was with her, actually. I was staying with her, and she said, I've just got an email from Marie Claire Claire saying... first ever internship. Would you guys, would would you like to come for an internship? And it would have meant her leaving uni two weeks early. But I remember we had a moment where we looked at each other and I was like, you've got to do it. And she was like, I think I've got to do it. But like, that is a real moment. Like, it was the first breakthrough that she got, which is pretty amazing. So then I did my internship at Marie Claire and then there were nine others after that. So I did Marie Claire, Vogue, Red, OK. The Lady. The Lady, Sunday Times, Stylist. Oh, so you went to Marie Claire left and did other stuff. So I did Marie Claire for a month and then I had I, I booked them in because I'd been applying for like a year. I booked them in perfectly. So I had like a week in between each internship and I just worked my butt off at every internship. You can swear on here. That's okay. <laughs> I worked my ass off. She worked her I, ass off. I am, um, yeah, I would like take work home in the evenings. I'm not endorsing that. I'm not encouraging people to do that. But I'd take work home in the evenings, do it throughout the night and come in the morning and pretend that I'd just done it in 15 minutes at my desk and I was that talented. And then if you are that good, people ask you back. And I eventually I got asked back to three or four places. But the first place that asked me back was Marie Claire as a features assistant. 
Which is what? Break that down. I was assisting the print team. I was assisting the editor-in-chief, the features director, the features editor, and the entertainment editor. So when you're assisting these people, is that helping research? Yes. It's not really running errands or anything that I was expecting. It's helping to research. It's doing transcriptions. It's being in the meetings. It's coming up with ideas. It was It was really... Really cool. involved. Yeah. But, I mean, they were lovely as well. They didn't have to do that, but they'd bring me into all of the meetings and say... What are your ideas? What do you yeah, think? You're maybe. the young person in the room. What do you want to do? And they, That's they very clever pushed me up. And then a digital writer role came available for the first time ever as my job was ending. And because they'd seen me throughout that year, mm-hmm. I got it. And then I went up to junior news editor. And now I'm digital features editor. And congrats, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> no, but can I also say, uh, just to add, the reason that she booked her internships back to back is because... It, it's not like you go to an internship and there is a job. Yeah. You go to an internship and as Jenny will say, you know, if you shine enough and you work hard enough, they will remember you when in four and a half months they're suddenly hiring because someone's on maternity leave or someone's doing or whatever well, reason yeah. they're in. And, and you really do. For every year, you really remember maybe two people as well, this shining is it. This, stars. This is possibly why internships don't have the the best sort of reputation because actually on the whole people probably don't get offered jobs at the end of it I mean I think internships are fantastic I think the bad thing about internships is that it's easier for some people to get them than others my family lived in Surrey just outside of London it was easier for yeah. me my boyfriend at the time I remember he wanted an internship he lived like four or five hours away it wasn't possible for him so that part of internships I think is a real shame but in terms of in terms of, you know, not getting a job at the end, I think the experience is well worth it. Like, you get also, to do really cool stuff. Yes, yeah. we're, we're lucky in our situation, but we, we you have to make the most of it. Like, I, I did a year of internships, I did five, and, you know, I I worked at a pub the whole year as well, and because I didn't make any money from anything I did. I didn't I didn't even get travel. Mm. So, or for most, well, some of them I did, but not all of them. So we it offered it, travel. Pardon? We offered travel. You offered travel. <laughs> Married Lara for travel. Some of them I didn't get travel. Some of them I did. <laughs> but yes, there, I suppose there. But there, that that does mean there is an advantage for to to some people. Some some people have it more realistic op- opportunity to to do these internships. But having said that, the girl who was the features assistant when I was an intern, she was from Ireland. And she, I'm not saying again that this is fair, but she really wanted her job as features assistant and she was working. It was either when she was features assistant or when she was an intern. She was working at like a youth hostel in London. She was working throughout the evening to at the youth hostel to intern during the day. So that's incredible. And she came out the other end and she's now working at some incredible publication. And that's amazing so it is it is possible it's just a lot harder jenny where you've got to now you still for me you seem quite young to be doing a job that has so much responsibility Same. <laughs> how old are you i'm 27 you don't mind me asking you should never ask a lady how old she is at uh, 27 you're 27 <laughs> is it quite typical in your industry for 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 women to have oh sorry not women just any for anyone <laughs> anyone <What>? anyone <laughs> i think i'm thinking ladies Say mag what? here but um <laughs> Is it, is it typical for young people to have so much responsibility in their job or to have such high jobs? I would say it probably didn't used to be. And I still, the people around me are, are older than me and people in equivalent positions are older. It, more, more now, I'm seeing more and more editors my age. I think because we work in digital, because we've grown up 
on our laptops. We know how to work all the apps. We know what's going on. And we are our readers. Like, I am the dream Marie Claire reader. <laughs> I'm like a politically and culturally engaged millennial. So it, it really, really, it really helps. And it, it enables you to, to go further. So yeah, more and more, I'm seeing loads of editors my age, which is cool. I'm finding age doesn't really matter. As right. I can go into a meeting as a features editor and people are like, oh, yeah, cool. And Hi. they just take you seriously. Yeah, they're not like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? What about the other end of the spectrum? Can you can is, can you be too old in, in magazine world? No, I don't think so at all. I think, I think it's not really a place that's that ageist. Or equally, like, you can be an intern at, like, 60. I would love to get to 60 and suddenly just change my entire career yeah. and go, do you know what? I'm going to work at Marie Claire. But, like, if we had an intern that came in and was, like, whatever age, I'd be like, cool. It, it, I'd it, be like, cool. Like, really Hats off to you. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's braver. It's much braver. To Just can it. you walk a bit quicker to the post office, please? Come on. But also, they've got so much more experience. And I think it works when you've got a big spectrum of ages because, you know, you cover all bases. Yeah. Totally. So talk me through your day to day. When you arrive at the Marie Claire HQ, you know, you, you get to your desk. What's that like? She what, struts what's struts up with her magazine and coffee and her sunglasses. Gucci glasses, <laughs> yeah. What's the first thing you have to do? Well, I think firstly, every day is different. So that's something I didn't realise when I got into it. I thought every day I'd be going to my desk. And a lot of days I do go in, check the news, send my pitches, news features, get on with it. But a lot of the time... I, I could be I could be anywhere. So like today, for example, I started my day at 6am doing puppy yoga by yeah. by monument. For work. For work. Not for pleasure. No. Last Although that sounds really <laughs> bloody great. <laughs> right? Like last week or the week before, I had to go to Berlin for Berlin Fashion Week for a few days. Then I came back and then I went to Vienna to a ball for work. As in, it, it's, it's She mad. had ball gown fittings and, and everything. It, oh, it, wow. It's, it's ridiculous. So you, you can never plan what your day's going to be like. Or, for example, if you're doing celebrity interviews, just doing junkets nonstop. So the job is incredibly agile. You can be anywhere. Yeah. So there is no real normal day. That's what I love about that it. That sounds fun. It's really fun. Yeah. It's tiring, but it's really fun. But you've got a good great team to ground. tap back into. You know, you've great got a base. team, great you team. Base. We've got a base. We've got a lovely base in Canary Wharf. We've got a great team. So that makes you able to be group? more agile. Yeah. If you were oh, feeling a bit displaced, well, you, think, you keep coming back to the same but hub. Also, also, cool. if there is an element of trust. Like, don't get me wrong. When I started, I wasn't given this much freedom. Like, no one should be given this much freedom because you have to start with a with a structure. But once you've worked somewhere for long enough and you, you know everyone well enough and everyone trusts you to get your work done, you can go to puppy yoga. Go to puppy you can yoga. go to puppy yoga. She was at a ball in Vienna being dress fitted. I was probably sick at home having Chinese watching <laughs> something in my pajamas, just being like seeing the pictures rolling in. Like, great. She's <laughs> yeah, I was designing frantically. She was at a ball in Vienna. I was thinking, damn it. You're listening to Mr. Winter. Rosie, you work on a very different end of the kind of work scale. Your professional life is is very different to Jenny's. Jenny shows up to, well, not necessarily the same place every day because you're travelling around the world, which we'll get to. <laughs> but Rosie, you, you've grown your own business and you've done that on your own mostly for quite some years now. Yeah, long time. Take us to the start of going, okay, do you know what? I could go down this route, but actually I'm going to do my own thing. Do you know what? I actually always wanted to have my own business and back to 
like there are pictures of me aged two, three, four, five. And, you know, I mean, I, I loved all the plays and dressing up and all of that. But I would take everything out of my mum and dad's rooms and I would put them all up the stairs or on a chair and then I would sell them to my family. Like in the evenings, and mum and dad would be like, "Oh, she's doing shops again. She's doing shops again." Sell out her belongings. Yeah, so you know, I mean, I wasn't making any money really, but it was more that I would just lay it all out like a shop, you yes. know, like have a shop. And then when I was little, I was um, eight or something. I set up a company called Buster. Buster. Buster made clothes for Beanie Babies, which were very popular at the time. So it was a real niche in the market. Wow, that was huge. Buster was huge in the small borough where we lived uh, <laughs> at the uh, odd Christmas fair or summer fete. But genuinely, at that age, to show that much People entrepreneurial spirit. Buster. Well, yeah, that, those are early signs of uh, entrepreneurial spirit, and actually, a lot of successful entrepreneurs do have similar starts to their career. I mean, Stories I like this. So millennial, beanie so, baby clothes. Yeah, <laughs> no, very millennial. But the point is that when I left university. I just knew I had this I had to I had to have my own business. I wanted to create, I wanted to design. And actually because I've got such a a desire to design and create a, a brand and it's so visual for me. I'm I have such a vision of what I want and how it's going to go and how I like it and it's very kind of fashion, tongue in cheek, funny, cool. I wouldn't have been able to design and I won't ever be able to design if anybody's telling me what to do. I have to be in charge of my creative uh, output. Running your own business is kind of something that I think a lot of people idolise and, and romanticise. Yeah. It, it's working for yourself seems like the dream to a lot of people. Mm. What's it really like? I mean, it's 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 really fun. I th- I'd say it's it's a bit bipolar in that the highs are higher probably than other people's highs. You go and see your own stuff in Harrods, and you're like, oh. or people come up to you, as in, like Rosie like, and like I fans. were at a, a Marie Claire event, and this girl was like, oh, she saw, she met Rosie, and she went, oh my god, I, I no, know. No, she said, no, she said um, we were just sitting around this table, we as Dorno Porter event yeah. kind of thing for Etsy, and it was just a small event, and I was sitting around the table, and the people next to us were like, um, we were saying, what do you do? And the girl said. Oh blah, blah blah, and then she said, "What do you do?" And I said, oh, "I design to do this." And she knew the cards. She had them. She had prints. She on was fangirling over was, you, and, it, and that, you know these things. You know, you've just you've just triggered a memory for me. Actually, fairly recently, I was working. I was doing an event, and uh, actually, someone also knew about you because we got into conversation about. I don't know cards or what to get someone and I ended up going oh yeah my friend Rosie you know I showed her her, your work and this girl I work with had your prints in her room which is amazing so but those are the highest highs what what are the not the lowest lows let's not be negative about it but let's be realistic about it what is it like running a business it's great because you're able to see very quickly progress that you're making so you know you really notice all these changes that you're making the main the main problems are that you know you get very you can get very lonely you know i was working for two and a half to three years alone in a beautiful flat very bougie very glam um that i was using as the office and it was just amazing but i was going there at the end of the day every day on my own and when that becomes your life and everyone on the outside's like wow look at you you're so such a businesswoman and you kind of think oh all my friends are kind of go to work and have like teams and they go out for work drinks and when you're on your own that gets quite um hard to keep that energy and momentum and, and quite noticeable as well what do you what do you mean it's quite no you're you're noticeably not with other people you, yeah you, you, it must be something you're quite aware of a lot well as a very people person myself i a very people person. very people person <laughs> i i my dad actually always says he can't believe that someone so sociable has chosen such a solitary career actually 
I've now realised that I I need people in my life. I need I, you know. So I would I would recommend to anyone starting their own business if you are sociable, just make sure that you work in a WeWork space mm-hmm. or you work you know you surround yourself like I do a lot of work in coffee shops just to keep my um. Just to keep, so I'm talking to people and I'm, I'm out and about. Rosie, you know, I always say to Rosie is, and if I get a, a, like, if someone trolls me or something happens like that, I've got, like, ten people around me that I'll be like, oh, my God, this Lol. has just happened. And everyone will go, oh, don't worry, that happens to me all the time, you're fine. And I'll go, okay, done. Whereas if you're by yourself and that happens, you don't have anyone to say that to. Yeah, you probably Shit, overthink you? it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Of course. I got a horrible email from a retailer once and I remember it just absolutely crippled me. I, mm. I replied really professionally, you know, but she wasn't having any of it. And it was just a, it, I, you know, I still think about it. The other thing I would say is that all the different hats you have to wear. So, you know, when I'm doing money or if I'm doing a meeting about this or, a, or you know, admin or something or sorting out my receipts or whatever it is, if, if I, I can't also do that and design at the same time, I've tried, believe me, you know, I now need to actually go offline for like a couple of days or a few hours. And, and I mean, yeah, let's, make... let's let's paint a picture. You literally... Literally? <laughs> yeah, okay, very good drawing. Fun. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You design the cards, you yeah. come up with the puns, you make that process happen through a, a factory. I choose I choose the paper, I choose the envelopes, I, choose, I, I mean, talks at the factory. You are your own complaint handler or, or yeah. pe- you know, yeah. customer, um, service. customer service. Packing all the orders. Packing orders, social media, which is hugely important for your business. Yeah. There's a lot of hats you're wearing there, my dear. Yeah, and actually, luckily, I've just taken on a business partner and, you know, more people into the team. And so we're going through a bit of a transitional phase at the moment where I'm not having to do, you know, my fantastic business partner's doing all of the packing of the orders. We've got an incredible website that's been built. Like Progress. It's really exciting and it's really nice to be like, oh, I can, I can actually design a collection and, you know, maybe not feel so much pressure because I, I'm not having to pack every single order. So that's 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 fantastic. And that is that is progress. Yeah, and it is, um, you know, I'm forever grateful for anyone that helps me. <laughs> what is what is your favourite part of running your own business? What do you enjoy the most? Trade shows. I love trade shows. She comes alive at I, trade I'm, shows. I am. I've seen it, actually. <laughs> you always get a, girl, a little golden chocolatey gift, don't you, when you go to Hands out for a rush have, like they're going out of fashion. So at, only at trade shows, and this is not at retail shows. So Spirit of Christmas is a show we also go to, and that is where the public come and buy, buy from you. Like you yeah. guys would come You're saying this in stuff. case loads of people come. <laughs> Should you come? Where? <laughs> Should you want to come to the Spirit of Christmas, there will not be Freya Rochers. But when you're at a trade show, a trade show is where shops will come round, their buyers, and will choose for the upcoming season. They happen mainly in the spring and the autumn for the upcoming season, some in the summer as well. But I love them, and I, I get to meet loads of other friends in the industry who I just adore, and it's just it's just great. Yeah, everyone that comes over to the stand gets a Freya Rocher. They do. What a naughty treat. But I've seen I've seen people come up to you in trade shows who've seen your cards in other shops and they're like, oh wow, yeah, I've bought this already. So you seem to get recognised. Well, your work seems to get recognised quite a lot. Your proud girls get recognised a lot. Very much so. I mean, I will say I've created quite a recognisable brand. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you're at university and you're learning about art, your your style, they always say your your creative handwriting needs to stand out. And actually, something that I tend to do in that case is I well. I never copy anybody else. So, I mean, I might lift a quote here or there in terms of I'll hear something, I might change it. 
But in terms of design, I stay true to exactly what I like. And I don't look to other companies or stuff and see, oh, what are you doing? I'll have a bit of that, have a bit of that. I just do what I like and what... And and, and it actually shows because actually then you're not copy, you're not you're not one of many people trying to do this or that. You're just staying true. But also one of the greatest benefits of running your own business is you, you can choose what you do, right? You, you get that creative control entirely. Well, I think some people go into running a business or a design thing and say, oh, I'd quite like to have my own business. And then they develop a product around the fact they want to have their own business. Ah, interesting. Whereas I want to put my own designs out there and I have a very strong song sense of style. So I, I won't put anything out. I'm, I'm very strong on the fact that I will never release a product I don't love. I've tried it before. I When I was very new to the business, I released a line of silk scarves and I used to go and sell them at... Didn't you go... Wasn't that... To feel, uh, Portobello, Portobello, Mar- Portobello Market. Market. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to work at a pub Years during ago. the night. I then would get home at three, because that was the time when our favourite pub actually opened late. <laughs> so I used to have two hours, one or two hours sleep, go up to Portobello Market with all my stuff, set up my stand, and then I, I just made these scarves. They, they, I mean, it was just a... I wasn't, I wasn't sure of what my... What, it was an experiment. Yeah, and I used to go and have a stand there at Portobello Market and try and sell posh silk scarves to people that were shopping in a flea market which didn't work but that was uh, yeah and so Maggie so I was selling one day and Maggie Smith walked past and I was like oh my god it's Maggie Smith <laughs> and she literally kind of I thought oh my god she's going to buy one of my scarves she's going to buy one of my scarves it's going to be amazing <laughs> and she Smith. walked past and she went she picked one up and she went ooh, ooh. I mean she has she has a name for herself as being quite a Oh yeah, harsh lady. I was thrilled. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have wanted Maggie Smith to buy one. I preferred that she sneered yeah. and thought they were awful. <laughs> Jenny, whilst we're on celebrities, yeah. big part of your job, yes. you meet a lot of them and Do. and very she famous does. ones, yes. A-listers. Do yes. T- tell us about that. Why is that a p- such a big part of your job? As Veach's editor, entertainment sort of goes in my remit and so anytime there's a film thank you anytime there's a film coming up um, (laughs) they'll get in touch with junkets with interview time and you'll have to go and interview people ahead of a film and I get the job and it used to be terrifying I I love it I love it so much who have you met do you want to know my favourites I want to know you yeah yeah yeah, absolutely Uh, Jessica Chastain was my all time favourite she was I'm in love with her lovely I was I I love her so much and I was so hoping she'd be great you know there are some people you think if you're a dick I'm going to be so upset and some people are and she was lovely and at the end so I was having a coffee while we were talking and at the end I was sort of getting hurried out of the room and she was like no 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 she hasn't finished her coffee and I was like oh it's fine don't worry about it she was like no and she made them open a different hotel room for me to sit in and finish my coffee and she was like oh. you need to finish your coffee <gasps> she was amazing Amelia Clark Bill Nye oh, Bill, Amelia Clark she loved Amelia Clark Kate oh. Beckinsale Jude Law um, they were some of these the all very nice people loveliest people everyone t- so they're so they're Lovely. they're very talented actors and actresses yeah. and they're very attractive yes and in love with some of those people yes. you just named Jude um, Law they're they're just very they're very very respectful and they they know that you're there for a job they've like i mean it's not the funnest part of their job it's one of the best parts of mine but for them they're just sitting in a hotel room talking to press all day it must take a lot for them because they have you're one of many people they're not going down a mine do you know what i mean they're sitting in a hotel being told how great they are and some people like those people just make it effortless and easy but they're give they're sorry they're givers so they they're they're generously giving that they know what you need and so they show I tell you who was someone 
and I don't know if this you're going to cut this because it's probably not on brand. But Eyal from Love Island two years ago was an absolute delight. Yeah, he was. Well, that's slightly less impressive. Bill <laughs> Nye, Jessica Chastain, Jude Law, but sure. <laughs> and the cast of Sex Education recently were lovely. Oh, well, I'm a massive fan of Sex yeah, Education. Great. Have you had any awkward interviews? You're probably not allowed to talk about that. I probably you? shouldn't say their names, but so yes. Off, ca- off camera later. Off camera, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> off camera I'll off, tell you their names. Off mic, we can reveal you, all. I shouldn't tell you their names, but yes. I have had some awful interviews. I think everyone has, because if you're in a line of people, lots of different press going in one after the other, it only takes one journalist, which I had one time. I won't say who it was, but I interviewed one of my all-time crushes, and I was so excited. One of the most excited I've ever been for an interview. And the person before me asked a very provocative question. So I went in, and it was like walking. It was awful and it, it was it was really hard work and I had to say to my boss I can't publish this interview because it will make me cry oh, Jenny you have to share I Who can't I can't tell you the she name can't do it. okay no that's fair but enough. yeah you do you get you but get you know, some really you know awkward interviews you know the scene in no- or Notting Hill the whole sequence where he goes in it's and not a hint by the way it's no one from Notting Hill Rosie's for horse and you know for horse and hound and he's like doing the you know in the different rooms. That is what it is like. And so if you imagine from the celebs' point of view, all day long they sit in a room and answer the same questions. Yeah. And for Jenny, for her job, it is to, it is to come up with something which is different and, and make them feel at ease. And you know? to persuade them within 15 minutes that you're on their side and yeah. you're not you but, know, but, I mean, that's going hard, for blood. If someone before has just asked a question about an ex-boyfriend of theirs and they're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, what's the question? where do you see yourself in 10 years big old question Jen it's a huge question I in 10 years I like to think I will still be in journalism I love journalism I'd like to be an editor in chief of a similar brand or company to, to the one I am in now if that weren't to happen I'd love to work for an app I'd love to work for Instagram Wink, wink. Hint, nudge, hint, nudge. hint. Call me. Um, <laughs> I'm really happy with where I am and as long as that keeps going up that I'm happy and we're that's very proud good. of her well that's inspiring that you actually want to carry on in your industry it's Definitely. not beating it out of you yet. no love it Rosie same question where do you see yourself in 10 years I would like to be in I mean selling in a lot more through America all through Japan mm. all through kind of yeah I mean and travel a lot with my work I also would like to write a sitcom and uh, dun, dun, I have dun. quite a lot of ideas for that. So ideally, um, I'd like to be talking to you having just won a BAFTA. Do you know what I can see? And I can vouch for Rosie being uh, a very, very funny person. And it comes through in her work. And actually, if you went down a comedy only route, I can see it. I can see it. Actually, very sweetly, you are taking me to see some comedy on Saturday. Some female-led comedy. That's right. Because he wants to show me I want I want Rosie to really see that she can possibly take her comedy down a very serious route ironically I don't know if I do stand up but I definitely would like to do some form of sitcom with me in it so I'll see we'll, we'll get there we'll get there and then maybe a beautiful townhouse in London and New York <laughs> when we said 
the jobs that we have now to people when they asked us like five years ago they were like oh yeah it's always nice so to have sweet. dreams that's, that's so sweet <laughs> like dream on I told people I wanted to be an editor yes. they were like oh okay then and now it's like well I know you're doing it so I will be with my BAFTA next time you interview me in 10 years <laughs> I'm looking forward to it I'll be right by your side on that red carpet actually who do I take out of you two I'll be interviewing on the red carpet <laughs> Great, in the press pen <laughs> one of us will be interviewing I hope oh god yeah oh, we'll shit, both be in the both... press pen yeah have you been in the press pen I've been I have been on red, one red carpet before which was for the X-Files yeah. uh, when the X-Files made a film in Leicester Square I was there David Duchovny who was the star of that I had a little piece like of paper him. with a little line that said hi you're listening to Jeremy Winter on blah 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 it was a very very tiny local radio station but when David Duchovny walks past I um, I asked him to read that and said hi I'm David Duchovny you're listening to Jeremy Winter and he looked at it and I said would you mind reading that David and he said uh, yeah I would and then just walked to the next person along and I, I felt very humiliated but oh. I was pushing my luck well we will read it for you we're yes. famous enough the proud girls damn straight and finally what advice would you give someone who wants to do what you do Rosie I would say work hard, find a real, like, USP. So something that no one else is doing and really believe it and live it. If it doesn't come from here, it doesn't. It, it just won't, you know. And also you've got, you've got to really love it to do a business. A business, running business is hard work and you have to stay with it. And there are huge ups and there are huge downs and it is constantly like this. It's hard. Do you think that's what's kept you going throughout this whole, all these years of building your business up is that just love for the basics of it, of yeah. love, the love of designing? Well, it's also the business. I love the selling. I love the performance of it. I love the performance of a sale. I love the relationships I have with all the customers. You know, it, they're really important to me. The growing something, growing something amazing. But I mean, I, I have to say, I won't often say my good things, but I would say I do have resilience and I will stay with something. Oh, I can, yeah, vouch for that. Jen? Pretty similar. You have to work incredibly hard. I have worked very hard to get to where I've got to in, what, four or five years. And it is possible to go from an intern to an editor, but you just have to work so bloody hard. You've got to put in all the hours. You've got to just dedicate yourself to it 100%. And I remember I had a job interview once as a, like a fashion assistant at Porter magazine. And I was sort of saying, hi me, hi me. And she said, do you live and breathe fashion? And I thought, no, I don't. I like it a lot, but I don't live it and breathe it. And she said, if you don't live it and breathe it, you can't do this job because you you have to live it and breathe it because otherwise you won't succeed. And you have to live and breathe journalism. Good if of you her want to be that honest. Yeah, and she was lovely, but it's true. And I'm so it's glad that she work. did say that because... I, I live and breathe what I do and because of that I've got so far because I put everything into it also be kind is in it really goes a long way and also I'm so glad you said that because there's so many time. so many jobs and from an outsider's point of view I, I'm not in your industry you, you, you do have an idea that it could be a very uh, cutthroat horrible at times industry I'm glad you said don't be a dick basically it's Jenny, Jenny very... is literally one of the loveliest people ever and it does people do really respond to that but, no but also how nice has everyone been to me like from day one everyone's been lovely like I said everyone's supported me everyone's been kind like I've never been treated awfully and because of that I will do the same for everyone else I would always boost other people up and be lovely and the final thing is don't have an ego because as in like when I was interning genuinely if or like when I was an assistant if someone said would you mind making me a tea or um, can you do these photocopies I'd 
buzzing, wouldn't I? And I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, I made photocopies today. It was wicked. I loved it. I loved it so much. I love my job. And it, you have to love it that much and be that dedicated if you're a dick about the first, it. The first day, Jenny, because she gets all these amazing perks with Marie Claire. Like, it's just now, now we don't even like, we're like, oh, You cool. do. You're, you're always in some five-star hotel around the always, world. Always, always. She's jetting off here, jetting off there. And anyway, on the first, first night she... Of, of her whole internship they said um, she, she texted our family group saying oh I'm going out to a cinema film, uh, screening. film screening tonight and we were like oh my god this is amazing and Jenny came home and she was like oh my god you know and we were like oh, I can't believe you got to see a film for free and she got a <laughs> glass of Prosecco it was really actually a really depressing film about cancer. cancer but um, she came home and she was like actually uh, I wouldn't really have I wouldn't necessarily see the film again, but it was so cool that we got to do that. And now Jenny's like, I'm going to LA for five days in a five-star wine tour. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Another day in the life of (laughs) (laughs) Girls, I think we did find inspiring people on this podcast. Thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Before we wrap up, uh, your social media, do you want to share that? My Instagram is Jenny underscore Proudfoot. If you follow that, you will see you... You might get a bit envious, slightly envious. Just remember, I do live a Cinderella existence, so I will do crazy cool five-star things and then go home to my flat and eat, you know, beans on toast in my jammies. Which is good. That's real life. Don't be sad. That's incidentally the character of the proud girl. The proud girl will, like I did, spend all of her money on pair of Chanel sunglasses exactly. and then have to eat pot noodles for the yeah, rest of the exactly. month. And can't pay the rent. So you can't, can't pay her rent, but look what I bought. Yeah. And your social media, Rosie? I have two. There is Proud Couture Designer, if you want to follow me as the designer, and Proud Couture, if you want to follow the shop. And my website is www.proudcouture.com to view all of our collections. I'd follow all three. I'd follow all three <laughs> too. <laughs> Consider yourself followed. Ladies, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been amazing. Thanks for listening to Mr. Winter. Let's go. Let's go.